Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the Money Web at Midday show. This show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. My name is Rake van Niekerk. Unfortunately, he doesn't look too good on the JSC at the moment. It's trading down around half a percent, despite markets in Southeast Asia putting up a good showing earlier this morning. The rand is, however, creeping back uh, to the 13 rand to the dollar level. It's currently trading at 13 rand 20 but it is probably more a dollar story than confidence in the local currency. Then, after a slightly slow week last week um, on the corporate activity front, we have seen a few announcements uh, this morning. MTN sold its Cyprus uh, network to Monaco Telecoms for a 4 billion rand, and then Anglo-American Platinum uh, also issued a trading statement and it expects a fourfold improvement in its profitability, and it expects uh, its hips to jump from two rand eighty-five to between twelve rand fifty and thirty uh, and, and thirteen rand. Quite a significant uh, improvement there. And I'll speak to David Shapiro of Sasfin in a minute about these stories. Then South Africa has raised its concerns with the U.S. government about possible duties on vehicles and vehicle components in terms of the AGOA Act. Um, and these tariffs may be implemented as, as part of the developing trade war between the U.S. and China. And I'll speak to Nico Vermeulen of NAMSA about the possible impact on South Africa and the local industry. But first, let's look at the indicators. The JZ Allshare is currently trading down half a percent. Resources are down also half a percent. Industrials down 0.65%. Financials down 0.56%. Gold index down 1.5%. Let's look at international markets. Um, earlier uh, in uh, Southeast Asia, the Nikkei closed 1.85% uh, higher. Shanghai gained 1.3%, while the Hang Seng uh, was uh, pr- pretty much flat, up 0.05%. Um, the FTSE 100 currently trading down 0.15%. The DAX is 0.16% higher, while the CAC 40 is uh, basically flat, down 0.03%. Let's look at some individual shares that are um, performing well. Italtile up 4.4%. Anglo Platt up 2.7%. This is in a negative market and on the back of its uh, good trading performance or trading statement it put out this morning. Distel, uh, 1.9% higher. Steinhoff, 1.6% higher. Uh, Life Healthcare has also gained 1.25% as did the JSE. Uh, on the downside, Implats down 3.5%. RCL down 2.8%. Kumbo lost 25 Sabanya Gold down 2.4 to a new 52-week low. ShopRite has lost 2.4%. Clicks 2.4% as well. Nitke 2.3%. Let's look at currencies. Uh, the Rand is trading at 13 Rand 18 cents against the dollar. 17 rand 50 against the pound and 15 rand 44 against the euro. The dollar is trading at 112.4 yen. Uh, the euro is trading at $1.17. The pound is trading at $1.32. Bitcoin is uh, currently trading at $6,512 or 90,277 rand. Gold is trading at $1,244. The platinum price is $831.78. Brent crude uh, slightly lower, $75.17. And on the capital market, the R186 is trading at 8.7%. On the line now is Simon Brown from Just One Lab. Simon, uh, welcome to the show. Why are we bucking the trend? 
we certainly are. I mean, there was some, some, some. I want to say weak, but weak, perhaps a bit strong data coming out of out of China in terms of GDP. Um, but, but you know, they're still the second biggest economy in the world, and and growing at at, at over six percent a year is still a massive number. Um, and the, the caveat is that we've seen. I mean, today so far we've only just done a, a couple of billion rand, which is really, really uh, weak trade. Three point three billion is not much. But we've seen a, a sell-off, which really sort of started uh, early last week um, and has been continuing on through. And, and I think we might just be getting some of that, that emerging market bias that was coming through, which we seem to have kind of protected ourselves from, uh, and then it came back with a vengeance. And I think Iran, that now below 1320, I've got it at 1319 uh, on, on my screens against the U.S. dollar, obviously going to be hurting some of our resource stocks and, and, and the, the sort of dual-listed and, and offshore earning companies as well. But I think it is just broadly, our local market has just been out of favor for the last week with uh, some fairly steady but intense selling. Is there anything you can read into the lower volumes? We've, we've been seeing a trend. If, if we go back to sort of January when, when we come back from holidays, which is sort of mid-Jan, we were sort of doing the 20 to 25 and occasionally even 30 billion rand days. And, and that was put down to a degree to, to the, the Ramaphoria post-Nazarek uh, and, and a lot of foreign interest into our markets. That really has dried up again. And we're kind of back at those levels which we spent much of sort of 2016, 2017, even 2015 at. Obviously, you know, when, when Minister, then the finance minister Nene gets fired, the, the volume spiked through. But we really have been seeing a, a, a drift lower in terms of volumes. And, and you know, 3.3 at this point in the day is incredibly low. But we're kind of setting it around the 15 billion rand level. And I, I think there, 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 there are two things that are primarily driving it. One is some concerns around emerging markets and a lack of performance in terms of our market, we are pretty much sideways for the last four years. But to perhaps be a little more, uh, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, a little more uh, circumspect towards our market, is that there are few, from a global perspective, few companies that really stand out on our market that you can't access anywhere else. Uh, NASPAS is typically a, a big trader every day. You can get Tencent in Hong Kong, uh, but a lot of folks are going by the, the NASPASS route because of that discount. So we see NASPASS putting a lot of the volume through on each trading day. And then the argument is, a lot of other companies, you know, are they world leaders? Do they, you know, are they an Apple or a, a BMW or something like that? They, they're, they're second tier, they're emerging market, um, and we're just in a, in a bad space. And unfortunately, yeah. what this falls for the, for the JC as a, as a company is uh, revenues under pressure because they need volumes to go through for them to, to generate revenue and ultimately profits. Mm. NASPAS uh, accounts for more than 20% of the uh, market cap of the JSE. Does it ac- account for 20% of the uh, volumes? Uh, it often does. It, it, it absolutely often does. So, so far today, uh, NASPAS... Uh, so that's I've got fa- 540 price. million um, at the moment. Yeah, so... It's just under 700 million for the day out of 3.3, which is it's at that 20%. So it it, it does typically come in at around about the 20%, which is its weighting. Um, And then the other really big one oftentimes is is MTN. And and the the attraction to MTN is is obviously it's broad emerging market exposure. You know, it's South Africa. We know it well here, but it's, you know, plus 20 economies. 
Nigeria being a significant a number of other economies also. Um, and MTN is then usually uh, number two and currently sitting at about half of what NASPAS has done so far yeah. today. Talking about MTN, they've sold the Cyprus uh, network. Um, maybe it's a sign of the time, some pressure on the mobile networks and it's getting out of some of the smaller players or the smaller networks. I think so. So, so I mean, a couple of points. Yeah, they've been talking about rationalizing, and, and Cyprus was fairly small uh, in, in the big picture of them. Um, they got a fairly good price for it. I mean, in essence, that getting around eight tons uh, EBITDA when MTN as a group sits at about four tons EBITDA. Um, and, and you would expect a, a slight premium to Cyprus, but that's a, a good premium on it. Uh, but as you say, very, very small, a, a small territory, uh, a, a small market and all. But also, I think, importantly, Cyprus is within the European Union, um, and it's the only asset that MTNs had within the European uh, Union. Uh, Turkey, maybe, maybe not in time, but Cyprus is. And the trick with that is, is there's different regulatory within the EU. For example, uh, you know, moving your numbers across territories uh, and, and paying high fees when you're out of your home country and that sort of thing. So I think there was a slight layer of complexity to having that Cyprus operation um, that they simply just at the end of the day were, you know, it's really, really small in our life. It's not our focus, which has really been Africa and, and, and emerging markets, uh, sort of Middle East rather than Europe. And I think they just got a decent price and have essentially walked away. The, the buyers will be able to use the brand for another three years, um, and that will accrue uh, further payments to MTN over that period. So it's small. It's about 4 billion rand uh, that they're receiving for it. But it looks like a, a good exit deal for them. Anglo-American Platinum issued a trading statement, a very positive one. It expects uh, a fourfold improvement in its profitability. Uh, HEPs uh, to jump from around 2.85 to between 12.50 and 13.00. Uh, you know, we don't expect a lot from the platinum industry currently. Uh, this seems to be a very good expect, uh, you know, um, expectation. And uh, the company says it flows from improvements in operational performance, which is pretty good. And then uh, as well as a favorable currency. Yeah, it is. A, I think you're spot on. Uh, when I saw that update and you open it, you're expecting at best modest news, but truthfully, you're expecting bad news. And this was a, a really good set of numbers from, from Anglo-American Platinum. Uh, of our platinum players, they're definitely one of the higher qualities. Uh, prices help them, which in part has been currency more than the actual underlying metal itself. Um, but what they really, what's I think really important and really caught the market is the fact that they're actually getting getting efficiencies, and 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 that is, you know, as a as a miner, you can't control the price that you receive. That's set by the market. You're a price taker. Uh, the palladium, the platinum group metals and the rand will move independent of what they can do. But what you can control, which is your your grades, uh, the ore that you're getting, your your your, your direct costs per ton, etc., or in this case per ounce. Those are at your control, uh, and Anglo-American as uh, platinum certainly has been managing them. Uh, and and of the, the you know, if we look at the the big platinum players, which back in the day would have included Longman and Northern, uh, who really under pressure. Even even uh, Implat these days is having a very tough time of it. Uh, and Anglo-American came out and I suppose in a sense has has reaffirmed their status as as sort of the top uh, platinum miner in South Africa. And and if you're the top in South Africa. You, you pretty much come out top globally as well. Yeah. Thank you, Simon. That was Simon Brown from Just One Lap.
Now let's talk about U.S. tariffs and the trade war. Now South Africa has raised its concerns with the U.S. government about possible duties on vehicle and component imports uh, to all well, exports to the U.S. Uh, and the U.S. imposed duties of 25% on steel and 10% on aluminium products. Um, and it's uh, looking at the possibility to slap tariffs on the importation of cars and components, which of course will harm South Africa. Trade and Industry Minister Rob Davies have already raised these concerns in Washington with commerce officials. On the line now is Nico Vermeulen. He's a director at NAMSA. Nico, welcome to the show. How concerned are you? Well, good afternoon, Rake and everyone else. Um, look, I think we need to keep the timing of uh, these developments uh, uh, in, into account and perspective. The investigation, which is known in the United States as a 232 investigation, started on the 23rd of May this year, 2018, and it will take the U.S. trade authorities that have got 270 days in which to complete the investigation. Um, then after that, uh, the U.S. president has a further 90 days to consider the outcome of the investigation and to take a decision on whether or not to introduce higher tariffs. So uh, from, from you know, a timing perspective, uh, nothing, no, no change will occur before May 2019. I think it's an important point to bear in mind. Mm. But yes, clearly, African Growth and Opportunity Act has um, generated mutual benefits, two-way benefits for both U.S. exporters into South Africa and SA exporters into the United States. It's a non-reciprocal trade agreement, which means that South African vehicle exporters and component exporters can export their products duty-free into the United States. If those tariffs were to be imposed, say from May 2019 onwards, uh, it, it would have a negative effect. But as we've already said publicly, um, it's unlikely to affect vehicles all that dramatically because the largest vehicle exporter is BMW, and they have um, uh, ended their uh, three-series production that was being exported into the United States. That will be replaced with their premium SUV X3, and those exports are destined for Europe. So at any rate, vehicle exports would have, would have declined. The major impact will be on component exports, original equipment components, catalytic converters, engine parts, etc., etc., but look, a, a lot of water is still to pass under the bridge. Um, it may well be that nothing will happen in terms of a go because these particular tariffs are targeted at Canada and Mexico uh, and to some extent at China and the European Union. Those are the big exporters of motor vehicles and components into the U.S., South Africa is relatively small by comparison. How big is the benefit in terms of the AGOA Act for, for South African exporters? Okay. Um, the duty on passenger cars, motor cars, is 2.5%, so that's not substantial. Uh, South African vehicle exporters can export duty-free, so it's a 2.5% duty saving. That probably offsets some of the logistics costs of exporting the product from here to the U.S., uh, in the case of light commercial vehicles and other types of commercial vehicles, the duty is 25%. But for various reasons, because the U.S. market is quite different from our commercial vehicle market, and particularly our light commercial vehicle market, uh, exports of light commercials, even though there would be a duty saving of 25%, is minimal, a few hundred units uh, a year. 
In the case of components, the duties vary from 25 to 5%. And yes, that for a component export is, is, is quite attractive to, to be able to export that duty-free into the United States. And don't forget, that also has a benefit for customers in the U.S. who can source their requirements uh, free of duty and therefore at a lower cost. And South African manufacturers are able to comply with stringent quality and delivery standards. And that's where the two-way benefit comes in. Mm. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Nico. We'll have to leave it there. That was Nico Vermeulen. He's a director at NAMSA. Unfortunately, this is all we have time for. This show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. And that's it for this edition of the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. My name is Raik van and thank you for tuning in. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. 